morning, everybody. Okay. Welcome once again to the Church of the Living Spirit. For those of you who don't know me, I am the Reverend Mary Beth Lavecchio, and I am addicted to physical mediumship. While other people might go to the beach or the mountains for vacation, I go to seances. And this last week, I guess I need these. <laughs> this last week, I was blessed to attend three seances given by two of the best materialization mediums who walk the earth. There are really only four legitimate physical materialization mediums demonstrating in public. David Thompson, Scott Milligan, and Nicole Haas. Stuart Alexander is still in the physical, but he is retired from public, yet continues to sit privately in his home circle. I ventured with friends to Santa Fe, New Mexico, to attend a David Thompson seance. David, too, doesn't do a lot of public demonstrations anymore, but he does come to Santa Fe for a week in the summer, and I was lucky enough to secure a ticket. Now, I've known David personally for about 10 years. He would come up to Reno when I was up there. And if you ever, by chance, um, see him somewhere, um, you would never really have a clue about what he can do, because he looks just like you and me, like a normal working man. Okay, <clears throat> but you put him inside of a cabinet and miracles occur. Now the seance was held at the Unity Church in Santa Fe. There were about 50 sitters sitting on folding chairs in a horseshoe shape around the room. You're told where to sit by the circle leader according to your energy. The lights go out in the darkened room and we're told to sing and sing and sing as loud as we can to raise the energy. And once this happens, David's helper, Timothy, materializes and we begin. Now, two of my friends and myself had interaction with spirit at this seance. <coughs> Excuse me, airplane cold. My friend Michelle had a visit from her cousin who held Michelle's face in her hands and kissed her on the forehead. And aside from delivering an evidential message about the family, hold on a second. Ugh. My friend Brandon had been selected as a checker who was asked to get up several times during the seance and check David's bindings in the cabinet. David is attached to the chair at his wrists and ankles by plastic zip ties. He's also gagged. <coughs> William Cadwell, David's main guide, <coughs> although he prefers to be called young David's friend, spoke with Brandon about the bindings, and then he asked Brandon if he would like him to touch him. William placed his huge hand on Brandon's head and played with his hair. Brandon reported it was warm and solid and reached from ear to ear. Now, my interaction with spirit was a little bit different. One of the communicators who comes through David is Quinton Crisp, who is a gay icon one of the first from the 60s and 70s. If you don't know about him, Google him. He, will, he was and is quite a character. Okay, there were several in the audience who were, as Quinton would call them, his kind of people. 
So he had a jolly good time teasing them and just being Quinton. Two of the men were wearing hats <clears throat> to keep their bald heads warm, I'm sure, because the, the temperature was about 60 degrees in the seance room. Anyway, Quinton fussed with all these, these hats, saying how grand they were, silk, you know. He was standing right in front of me. So I piped up with, well, if you like it so much, why don't you take it back with you? To which he responded, now you know it's not nice to take the property of others. Why don't you hold on to this for the rest of the seance? Then he proceeded to plop the hat on my head, press it down over my eyes so I could see absolutely nothing, and said, now leave it there till the lights come on. <laughs> and then he stepped on my toe. Okay, <clears throat> I could feel his hands as he pulled the hat down on my head, and I could feel his shoe when he stepped on my foot. There was weight behind it, not as much as there would be had he been in the physical, but you could definitely tell he was right there. So there I sat, wearing the hat. Luckily, we were able to disengage hands at one point, and I was able to lift the hat from my eyes. <clears throat> but I did keep it till the seance concluded. Whenever ectoplasm is present in the room, it's required for the sitters to all join hands so that no one is able to grab at it and thus do physical harm to the medium. Now the ectoplasm retracts back into the medium when the spirits leave. This too is why seances are done in the dark. White light destroys ectoplasm. And should a white light be turned on during a seance, which has happened, the medium could suffer serious physical damage. Now we were also blessed to have Louis Armstrong, Satchmo, come in and sing Hello Dolly. He even asked some of us to sing along. He was going to play harmonica, but before he could get his harmonica out of the bag, he was called back, said he had to go. That done, more music was played, and David was silently lifted out of the cabinet and landed without a sound on the other side of the room. His hands and legs were still attached to the chair, and the cardigan sweater he always wears was still on him, but it was now backwards, with the buttons down along his back. Okay, one down, two to go. On Saturday, September 28th, I flew off to Milwaukee to the annual NSAC convention, where Scott Milligan was to do two seances as well as the Monday workshop. I got there about midnight. Luckily, Javi was waiting for me in the lobby of the hotel. We had to be up early the next morning to attend Sunday service at the West Alice Church, where Scott was scheduled to speak. It's a lovely old church, and the service was a good one. We returned to the hotel in time for a taste of Wisconsin, every kind of sausage you could think of, and of course, cheese. <clears throat> That night was the first of Scott's seances. Fifty-six people in attendance. I was asked to hold the basket for people to pick a number that corresponds with their seat. That way, spirit can place you where they want you to sit. <clears throat> I was also allowed to sit next to the cabinet, which is a trusted position. So that was good. I liked that. We sang and we sang, Drunken Sailor, Do Re Mi, You Are My Sunshine. 
This brought in the spirit children who came in to play loudly with the toys that were scattered about the floor of the seance room. Norman, a young man who had Down syndrome while on the earth, came through, clanging the school bell, making sure we were all awake. Others came around the room, touching our knees and laughing riotously. And we had the floating trumpet, of course. <clears throat> when the children left, Daniel bought through three loved ones. My friend Robin's father came in. The fifth anniversary of his passing is this week. He presented his baseball card collection and fishing hooks as evidence. One of the women, who was a teacher, had one of her students, who had committed suicide, come through. And a third person had a mother or grandmother show up. Now, as I mentioned earlier about the ectoplasm hurting the medium when recoiling due to white light, etc., because Scott has had this happen to him twice, apparently, in the last year, his spirit friends were unable to hold the ectoplasmic voice box together, so the communicators were not able to speak directly with their loved ones. Still, enough evidence was given so that the sitters recognized who was there. On Monday, Scott's workshop was perfect. He talked at great length about some of the great mediums of the past, taught us how to sit in the power. His stories are numerous and wonderful. He also spoke of his years of unfoldment. Quite a story, really. Later in the afternoon, he did a trance demonstration where people were allowed to ask questions of his main friend, Eric. It was very informative and interesting. I was seated in the front row and could actually see Scott's face change, his whole demeanor change as Eric spoke through him. Eric's son also came through and spoke a bit. I never knew Eric had a son, but apparently he does. Anyway, taking over his father's job. Anyway, Tuesday night was the second seance with about 48 sitters. Again, I got to hold the basket with the seating tickets and was allowed to sit right next to the cabinet. After several choruses of Drunken Sailor and other simple songs, in came the children once more. They laughed and carried on. One of them picked up a water pistol, and needless to say, several of us got a bath. <laughs> the trumpet floated, we all oohed and awed. Once again, three communicators came in to speak to their loved ones. Two delegates from New Hampshire and one local woman heard from their people. Again, the voice box wasn't cooperating, so they had to rely on the evidence presented. Scott is also transported out of the cabinet at the end of the seances. Sunday night, the cabinet was in front of him and the chair turned backwards. On Tuesday, he was on the far side of the room. All this done silently. It's amazing, in a room the size of the seance room, that no one heard a sound. Now, once the lights came on, it was noticed that the Indian drum that was on the floor had been autographed by Eric's son. Guess he's in training, as I said, to take over his father's job. <clears throat> it as well as a couple of stuffed toys were raffled off, making lots of money for the NSAC. And so, my friend, this is the story of my vacation. I hope you enjoyed hearing about it as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. 
If you have any questions, don't be afraid to come up and ask me. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Beth, for the wonderful